Welcome back to the Technical Foul Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Fresh, and I am joined by my second ho- uh, guest ever, Noah. How do you pronounce your name, uh, last name, Noah? Uh, Tor. Tor. Noah Tor from Fansided. Uh, kind enough to give us a couple minutes here on the draft and all things NBA. What's going on, Noah? How you doing? Uh, not much. I'm ready for the draft tonight, man. I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. All of us are here. Uh, but before we get into the draft, man, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the finals that just passed, man. Uh, kind of get a brief synopsis on your thoughts on the finals as a whole. Did everything kind of turn out the way you expected it, or were you one of those brave souls that uh, thought Cleveland actually had a chance to win uh, win against the Warriors? I did not. I actually did have Golden State in five, which was probably – I thought it was too bold at first, but that turned out to be correct. <laughs> um, I, I just thought that Golden State was going to be too good to beat, and they were. LeBron just didn't have enough help, and I don't know, man. I think Golden State's going to be good for a couple more years. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I actually had uh, Golden State as well in five, although I actually changed my pick midway because I, I, after those first two games, I was like, man, this is going to be a sweep. I, I just, I don't even know how. <laughs> I don't even, and especially when they won game three, I was just like, man, they're going to sweep them. But of course, they won, uh, they won game four. Cleveland played out of their minds for one game. But uh, yeah, I agree yeah. with you, man. I, it, it was... It was just going to be too much, man, honestly. It was just, even as great as LeBron is, and I have my issues with LeBron, I, I, I must warn you, I am a certified LeBron hater. Uh, so. Oh, man. <laughs> but I, but I, I'm, I'm not one of those that's blind to his greatness. Like, I, I think he's great, no, obviously. Of course, he's one of the ten greatest players that ever lived, of course. I just, Absolutely. he's not Michael Jordan, that's all. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. He's not Michael Jordan. Is he, I, is he number two on your all-time list? Just to um, no. I, I, to me, right now, he's somewhere in that, like, later half of the top ten. Like, you know, he's in that okay. ten to seven range. Um, I know okay. it's very subjective, obviously. I mean, I know you can you can talk to thousands of people, and they'll give, they'll give you 15 different top tens. So, of course, yeah, it's very subjective. But, I mean, I think, I think the five losses in the finals is definitely something that you have to get – you have to kind of hold against them. I mean, I know it's not fair, but I mean, that's that's the price you pay when you're a great player. I mean, there's a reason why Jordan kind of gets ele- elevated when he's, you know, he's six and zero in the finals. So I think that you know, three and five in the finals is something. I don't know. It's I don't think it's all his fault. Obviously, I mean, of course, it's a team sport at the end of the day. But still, I, I just don't think he's Jordan. Um, I wouldn't put him in my my top five. I think. I think some imagination of my top five would probably be the three centers and Jordan, Magic, Larry, some some combination there, and then from there you you know you can kind of you can kind of go LeBron, Kobe, Jerry West, Oscar, some some form or another. So, but yeah, man. So I, I you 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 mentioned the Warriors and and them being good for a long time. I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, do you think yeah. the Warriors are bad for the league? And, and the reason I asked for it is, I mean, everybody, there's been a lot of talk uh, over the last couple of weeks, really all season, that, you know, what the Warriors did with, with signing Kevin Durant, and is this, is this good for competitive balance in the NBA? What's your thoughts on that as a whole? Um, I honestly don't think it's bad for the league because, I mean, if you look at the finals, like the ratings for the finals were the best that they've ever been. Right. And people wanted to watch Golden State. And then what I think it does is that it makes other teams want to get better so that way they can compete with Golden State. Like you see all the trades mm-hmm. in the draft. And, right. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, obviously that left, that's not a big trade, but those are the kind of trades that I see happening in teams are trying to either build for the future or they're trying to build right now to beat Golden State. And right. I honestly think it's good. It's not bad for the league, but it's not necessarily good for the league. I think it's just kind of where we're at right now. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I kind of look at it as a double-edged sword. I don't think it's wrong for the league because I think we've always seen this in the league. Like the league has always had super teams. Uh, this idea yeah, that, that, that the NBA yeah, had that, that the NBA just started a super team thing like this decade is is is, is a little garbage to me because I mean you know going back to the '60s, I mean we've always had super teams. But I think the problem right now is is I think that you you have a I'd say it's more of a talent issue in the NBA where you really have just really two. Maybe if I'm being kind to the Spurs, three teams that can legitimately win a championship, and then everybody else is kind of sprinkled in the bottom. And we can have the Spurs. That's all right. <laughs> no, but but if you get what I'm saying, though, man. It's like you legitimately. Yeah. I don't think that you've ever seen a time in the NBA where there were so few teams that legitimately had a chance to win a championship. I mean, even in the Bulls' years of dominance, I mean, you had the Knicks, you had the Pacers, you know, you know, they had the Heat teams that would challenge them in some form or another. And then, of course, you had a stacked Western Conference. I mean, now realistically, it's Golden State, Cleveland, and basically everybody else is fighting for third place. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so um, where do you think Cleveland goes from here? Uh, you know, we touched on Golden State. Obviously, we both feel like they're going to be good for at least a number of years. Where do you think Cleveland goes from here? Obviously, there's a lot of rumors about, you know, them trying to swing a trade for Paul George, Jimmy Butler. Also, there's a lot of rumors with David Griffin being fired or fired or resigning, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of kind of turmoil going on in Cleveland right now. What do you see the future of the Cavaliers in the next year or two? Well, they offered him the job. He hasn't, he hasn't been, he hasn't been uh, officially confirmed. I know, he, they, I know they offered him the job. I think they offered him like a five-year okay. deal. So, yeah, I don't know if he's accepted it yet. I haven't checked my news. Okay. Um, but I honestly don't know where they go from here. I mean, because they're stuck with Kevin Love because nobody's going to want him. They're stuck with Shumpert, Corver, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. All those guys are stuck. And then you've got LeBron. And then Kyrie's probably the only other guy who can really help them. And then maybe they go from the draft. I don't know, but they're they're stuck right now because they don't have cap room, and I think they might just be stuck for the next couple of years. Honestly, I mean, if you were if you were the GM of that team, what what would you do? I mean, obviously, like I said, there's a lot of talks about trades. They might happen. Do you, would you go for it one more year with LeBron, knowing his impending free agency? You know, the rumors are that he's going to go to L.A. or whatever, whatever team in L.A. Uh, would you would you kind of take a run at it one more time with this kind of core group or would you just kind of blow it up now? No, you definitely got to take it another year because you've got LeBron James. I mean, right. whenever LeBron's on your team, you automatically have an advantage over most teams, uh, except for this year. Um, but I think if maybe they add a couple more pieces like the Paul George trade, I'm actually I'm a fan of that if they can keep LeBron, um, if they keep LeBron, Kyrie, and Tristan in the paint. Right. I don't know. They really just need a backup center, in my opinion, and a backup I agree. Point guard. I agree. I don't know. They can probably run it back. They can run it back, I think, in my opinion. I agree with you. I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't really think that, like, here's a, I, I, I go back and forth. Like, I don't think Cleveland's a great team. I think they're a very good team. I think yeah. I, I just think their roster is poorly constructed because I think with the roster that they have, they, they have a chance, but I think they have some weaknesses. Obviously, they got to improve their bench. I mean, their their bench. I mean, when you when your best player off your bench is Richard Jefferson, who's like thirty eight, I, I think you have a serious problem uh, with that. Uh, with that, yeah, like yeah. To run the right, right. No, I agree completely. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the draft, man. The draft is to, uh, is tonight. 
A lot of rumors, a lot of uh, back and forth about what each teams are going to do. What are you you hearing just from all your writing, all your reporting? What are you hearing about what's going on and kind of what what do you make out of all these rumors? Some of them legit or kind of some of them are just smoke screens? Um, A couple of them are smoke screens except for the Kristaps Porzingis trade. That one's definitely not a smoke screen. I know Phil Jackson's trying to get rid of uh, Porzingis. I don't know why, um, but he is. Um, but one thing that's interesting is that Boston is trying to get him. But what the New York's trying to do is they're trying to get Boston's Nets pick next year, mm-hmm. and then they're trying to get this year's pick, and they're trying to get Boston's pick next year, among a couple of people. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that move, man. I honestly do not understand that move at all. I mean, I know that, you know, Porzingis skipped the exit meeting at the end of the year, and there's a lot of rumors that, uh, you know, he's unhappy with the kind of uncertainty going on in New York. I mean, joining the club, I'm a Knicks fan. I've, I've grown up with uncertainty for the last almost 20 years. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I think we all share our same sentiments with that. But, uh you know, I, I just I don't understand that that move. I, I really don't. I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm one of those that I don't think you should rob Peter to pay Paul. Like I don't think you trade your best asset to get more assets. Because I can make the case that Porzingis is better than anybody in this draft right now. So why would you trade him for potential draft picks who you don't know are they're going to pan out or not? I, I just don't understand that. Would you take if you had the chance to take Markel Fultz or Porzingis? Who would you take? Just a straight up. Right now, I, I would take Porzingis because I don't know what Markel Fultz is. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I watched him in college. I watched him. In, I'm, I'm, I'm out here in Washington, so I got to see a couple of his games. So I think Fultz is going to be really good. The one thing that would worry me about Fultz is, you know, for a guy who's supposed to be the number one overall pick, for a guy who's supposed to be all world, the next great point guard, um, you know, his team went like 8-23 and 23 and, you know, won like one game in, the con- in his conference. I mean, it's not like he's playing the Big East back in the day, or he's not like he's playing in the ACC. I mean, he's playing in the Pac-12, in the Pac-12 with three great teams, and everybody else is kind of in the middle. So that would be my only concern for, for Fultz. But, I mean, I guess if I'm a GM, I'm sitting there like, I know what I have in Porzingis. And Porzingis is only 20 years old. So it's not like, you know, Porzingis is 24 and Fultz is 19. Like, he's a year older than Fultz. And I can, and I can make the case that as good as I think Fultz can be, Porzingis has a chance to be transcendent. So that's my thinking when I'm saying like, yeah, I'm, I got to keep full. I got to keep Porzingis. Yeah, that's pretty. I, I agree with you. I mean, I think Markel Fultz is going to be the next great point guard. I kind of, I don't really care about college records because I mean, you look at Ben Simmons and his LSU team was terrible. And right. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't really phase me that much. Same thing with like their defense. Like I don't think they play defense. Yeah, the defense. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a little. It's a little overblown. I and I and I and I and I agree somewhat with the college thing about the winning. I, I get that. Like I said, it's it's a team game at the end of the day. The only thing that would concern me is like, man, eight and twenty three. I mean, at the very. I mean, at least Simmons finished you know with a decent record you know in in, in his conference okay. and got an NIT. I mean, Washington was just horrible. Now it wasn't all Fultz's fault. I I, I get that. That's the only thing. I mean, I guess I'm just nitpicking because I mean it's easy to do that with these top prospects. But, but yeah, I guess that's the only thing that I could kind of say. All right, yeah, that would give me a little pause for concern. But yeah, I agree with you. I I don't understand though the Phil Jackson move. I, I just don't get it. I mean, even if even from a basketball perspective, I don't get it. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. But. I'm also a Laker fan. I know it's hard to explain a Knicks and a Laker fan. I'll, I'll get it. I'll tell you the story some other time. But I'm a Laker right. fan, and I'm not a bandwagon Laker fan. As you see, I'm I'm rooting for this horrible team right now. 
Um, what do you think the Lakers are doing? What, what do you think? What do you think their master plan is? I know that there's rumors about George and LeBron and all that, but what do you see the Lakers doing tonight in this draft and going forward into 2018? take Lonzo Ball because they just moved Russell and mm-hmm. now they have to play Jordan Clarkson as shooting guard and they right. have to take Lonzo Ball in order for that team to work now. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on Lonzo? Are you high on Lonzo? Are you in the middle of Lonzo? Do you hate Lonzo? Do you hate his dad? What are your thoughts on Lonzo? Because I think everybody has an <laughs> I opinion. I anybody likes his dad. <laughs> I, you know, I get a kick out of him. I, I get a kick out of him. He's, I, I, I get it. I, he's entertaining. If nothing else, he's entertaining. So I, I do get a kick yes. out of him. Although when he said he could beat Jordan, that's when I'm like, okay, come on, dude. Like seriously, no. stop. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on Lonzo, man? What do you? A lot of people have question marks about his game. I know a lot. I, he's he's kind of that one prospect. I think every year has the, every every draft has that one prospect. A lot of guys either love one guy or hate one guy, and he's kind of the guy that a lot of people were really split on. They either love him or they hate him. You don't really got to get a lot of consensus one way or another. What's your thoughts on Lonzo from what you've seen of him? Um, I love that his passing vision was like the best in college. I love mm-hmm. that his transition game was like the best in college. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those are the two benefits that the Lakers can do because. Uh, with Ben Ben Ingram and Lonzo and Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle, they can run the floor and transition with those guys. All you have to do is give it to Lonzo, and he just mm-hmm. goes to work. Right. Uh, the defense is obviously a question mark, but I, honestly, for me, backcourt defense isn't that much of a problem as long as you have guys in the paint. Right. Like, uh, right. I agree with well, you. I guess Brooke Lopez isn't good at defense, <laughs> but they have yeah. Moscow yeah. and uh, they have Julius Randle. But yeah. I honestly think their future is bright if they take Lonzo. I agree with you. I, I love Lonzo. I, I know. I, I think. It, I think because he's not. He's unorthodox. I think he kind of gives a lot of teams pause. That oh well, he doesn't shoot the ball this way, or he doesn't do this, or he doesn't do that. I I, I love him as a player. I think he's he has a chance to be really really good. Um, and I think he's sneaky athletic. I know a lot of, a lot of scouts are dogging his athleticism. I think he's I think he's a sneaky athlete. I mean, he's six six, one ninety, can play point guard. So that should tell you enough about his athleticism, right there. So I definitely agree. He's some of those dunks and alley oops that he caught in college. That just kind of shows how athletic. Exactly. He's yeah. I mean, just because his vertical isn't one some measurement from some BS combine stat or whatever, I, I get it. <laughs> but whatever. Um, speaking, you know, still still keeping on that Lakers theme. Uh, do you think the Lakers should trade for George now, or they should kind of? kind of play the waiting game with Indiana. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I honestly think they should wait and run it this year with the core that they have because Paul George obviously wants to go to Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. I mean, my I know this, uh, Miami contacted Indiana about trading for George and they told plenty of teams he's literally going to be there for a year then he's going to Los Angeles. So wow. yeah. I say run it with a year if you have the guarantee from George and then sign George. I, I agree with you. I, no reason, no reason to to blow your load early. Honestly, I mean, if he's going to be there, or at at the at worst, he's a fifty fifty chance to sign with anybody else. So, you know, yeah, why why trade your assets early? Um, what did you think of that D'Angelo trade? I hated it. I I know. I, I yeah, I hated it too. Because to me, I think you you sold low on D'Angelo. I know D'Angelo is not the perfect player, and he's had his issues. But to me, I still think you sold low on him. Basically, I mean, you traded D'Angelo Russell for a salary dump. I I I, I didn't exactly. get that trade at all. What? Are, I know you said you hated it. Kind of go into that a little bit. 
So they gave D'Angelo Russell two years, and in that first year, it was the Kobe parade. And in the second year, he didn't have any teammates that were good, right. except for the final part where they put him in shooting guard, and mm-hmm. he flourished. Right. So they didn't give him any time, and I just hate it a lot. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Brooke Lopez, and they needed a big man. But if you can stick with Mozgov, who can actually play defense, right. Right. you can have D'Angelo Russell to give you the offense. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like I said, I've had my issues with D'Angelo, um, but uh, again, just saying it again, I, they sold low on him because I, I thought, if anything, D'Angelo could be a piece that you use to trade him for Paul George or using or in another yeah. deal to get something, or at the very least, get a pick back for D'Angelo, at least a first round pick, <laughs> hell, a future first round pick, something. I, I I didn't understand that, and he's definitely worth a future first round pick, not Brooke Lopez in a late first round. Exactly, exactly. I I, I didn't understand. That at all? I mean, I I get it. They're 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 thinking about 2018. I just I don't know. I think you could have got a better deal with that. And, and the Nets, you know, for I know the Nets are kind of the punching bag of the NBA right now. Uh, Billy King, God bless his soul. Um, but the Nets can can sell to their fan base. Hey, we got a young 21 year old point guard who hopefully can grow with us, and you know, you know, we can build some semblance of a team here going forward. I think the Nets. I mean, the Nets. Uh, did okay besides you know taking back Mozgov's contract, which is horrible. But um, yeah, what what else do you see in this draft? I mean, what's a what's a team that in your eyes is kind of under pressure to kind of get this draft right? You think Sacramento is Philly? Philly. Okay. Uh-huh. Why do you say that? Um, because they have to take Markel Fultz, obviously, because they're number one. But then the pressure comes from. Is it the team going to succeed? Because they've had injuries, and next year is the first look that we're going to see at Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. and he has to succeed because he's the he's the foundation of that team, and Joel Embiid's the heart. He's the foundation of the team. He's what's going to make it work. And then they got Mark Kofolds who can add shooting, Robert Covington defense, um, and then they got Sarge who's just their glue guy. And right. I think the Kings also need to succeed because they're. I'm actually not. Their roster's not that bad, in my opinion, right now, because if they can take De'Aaron Fox and then possibly Laurie Markkinen, yeah. and then you run uh, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. um, I don't even know who they have at the three. They're not going to have Rudy Gay. They'll have somebody. They'll have somebody, yeah. Um, and then Scala, Vizdia, and uh, Willie Hollystein. Yeah, I mean, they, they got, they, yeah, they, I agree with you. I think they got a bad little, I, I don't think they have a bad little team there. I, I think they have a nice young core there that they can build around. Um, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. So you think the, the Phillies probably the Phillies probably the most pressure of any team in this draft to kind of get it right. They have to nail it with Markel Fultz or else uh, the process is definitely dead. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> agree with you. What about so we talked about the Knicks earlier, but let's say the Knicks don't trade Porzingis and they keep the eighth pick. What do you see them doing with that number eight pick? A lot of rumors about the French kid. I mean, I don't know if you've seen him. I definitely haven't seen him. So, um, you know, buyers beware, I guess, with, with, with the reports and everything with the French kid. Um, Dennis Smith yeah. probably will still be there. Malik Monk will be there. What do you think the Knicks do with the number eight pick if if they don't trade Porzingis and, you know, of course, trade that pick or whatever? Or keep that pick. Who, who knows? I- I think they need to go with uh, Frank Antilica. I think that's how you pronounce it, at least, yeah. the French guy. Um, okay. But I think because Derrick Rose, he's not going to work out. And Dennis Smith Jr., he's 
he's a score first guy, and I think Frank Antilica, just from what I've seen, like he's long, he has the ability to pass, ability to score. He has a really clean shooting form, which I think will translate into the NBA. Um, but I honestly think they should go with uh, Frank Antilica. Okay. Yeah, I, like I said, I haven't seen much of him. I, if I, matter of fact, I haven't seen any of all. I mean, I've seen like a couple YouTube clips or anything like that. But outside of that, I mean, I really haven't really watched his game. To me, I think if Dennis Smith is right there, I, I would go with Dennis Smith. Um, I love Dennis Smith. Uh, to me, in any other draft, any other year, Dennis Smith is a top three pick. And I think he's kind of... Would you take Dennis Smith over De'Aaron Fox? I don't love Fox as much as other people do. Like, I know Fox has had... I love Fox's athleticism. I just worry about his offense. I don't know if he can score enough. Like, I know he's athletic. I know that a lot of people are comparing him to, you know, to, you know, to Russell Westbrook and all that other stuff. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't love Fox's... I mean, I like him. I think he's going to be good. But I think the only issue I have with Fox is he's going to be good in two, maybe three years. I don't know if he's ready right now to really contribute. Well, I think Dennis Smith right now can play in the league and score from day one. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, I, and again, I think Dennis Smith is one of those guys because he went to NC State. NC State was kind of a middling team in the ACC. He didn't really get a lot of the national attention, but Dennis Smith is legit. And I think if the Knicks get him, you could do a lot worse with the number eight pick than Dennis Smith. In yeah, my opinion. I agree with you. And, and the only issue I have with Monk, I love Malik Monk, but the only issue I, I have with Malik Monk is what position is he? Is he a two? Is he a three? Is he a one? Is he a two? He's kind of a combo yeah. guard. Those guys tend to struggle a couple times in the league when you don't really have a defined role, especially in the backcourt. Um, I see more Lou yeah. Williams out of Malik Monk than I do a guy that can play point guard most of the time. So that's my only issue with... Yes. He also can be kind of streaky when he yeah, shoots, exactly. issue. Exactly. Exactly, I agree with you. What's the one prospect that nobody's talking about that you just absolutely love that you've seen? Besides the big three Jared. or four, <laughs> um, I gotta say Jared Allen. Hmm, He's okay. not getting a lot of attention, but um, I actually live in Austin and I watch UT basketball, not religiously, but I watched them. They weren't that good this year, but right. Jared Allen was definitely the bright spot in that team and he was fantastic. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of them. I mean, I, I saw more of him than I did the French kid, obviously. But, um, yeah, okay, cool. I, I, I know a lot of people like him. I'm him and uh, the other center, um, I think the kid from Creighton is, is getting a lot of attention uh, in the top of uh, in the top ten, maybe early early uh, teens for, for those guys. So so you like, the, you like the center from Texas, huh? Okay, Jared Allen. All right. Okay, to me, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm biased. I'm a Duke fan, so I think my Dukies are, are getting undersold in this draft. I love Tatum. I, I know Tatum. I love Tatum. To me, he's underrated in this draft as well. I know a lot of people love Isaac. I like Isaac too, by the way. Um, but I think a lot of people are selling low on, on Jason Tatum. To me, he can come in tomorrow and score in the league. Tomorrow. I mean, that's how, that's how ready. To me, he's the most polished player in the draft right now. Like, to me, besides Fultz, I think he can contribute, like, right away. Like, if you put him on a roster today, he can score. And, I agree with you. And Luke Kennard, I, I know a lot of people tend to kind of, you know, the, 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 the stereotype, white player from Duke can shoot. But I like, I like Luke Kennard. I think he's underrated as well. And I know a lot of people, since a lot of teams, like, love Luke Kennard. They love his game. I think he's a great passer. Obviously, he's a great shooter. Um, he's a crafty player. I, I think he's one of those guys that can play in the league for 10, 15 years. And, you know, 
be a, a solid, I don't know if he's going to be a star, but I, you know, he can have a similar J.J. Reddick type impact, play 10, 15 years in the league, start for a really good team. I, that's what I, I like Luke Kennard in that role. Yeah, I saw a report that said he absolutely killed his pro day. He was having hmm. a field day in his pro day. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he's getting undersold, man. I, Luke can play. Luke can play. I I, I don't know why a lot of t- I mean, I don't know if he's a top five guy, but I mean, definitely a guy that should go in the, early in the teens. I, I would say there's a lot of mock drafts that have Detroit taking him, um, some other teams in that in that in that in that top of the draft in that top teens there. Um, what's a what's a prospect that that you think is completely overrated? Completely overrated. Um, Laurie Markkinen. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Laurie Markkinen. Okay. Why you said that? Um, I think he can shoot threes, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say he's going to be the next Ryan Anderson, but um, yeah. I mean, in Arizona, he shot threes, and that's all he was really asked to do. I mean. I mean, that's definitely valuable in the league, and obviously Brian Anderson's making $20 million a year just shooting threes. But yeah, exactly. I don't think he's worth, like, a number nine pick. I think he's worth more, like, end-of-lottery pick. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I would I, I would say marketing is one of them. I, I agree with you on that. The guy I'm going with is Josh Jackson. I, I, really? I don't see it. I don't see it. I know. Look, I got I got my friends on Twitter and Facebook killing me, especially some Kansas fans. I don't see it. I saw him play a lot this year. A, I those wing players from Kansas scare the hell out of me. Uh, ben McLemore, perfect example. Guys that just for whatever reason it just never materializes in the league. Thomas Robinson was a bust. Those Kansas players under Bill Self, Chalmers, another guy that was a bust. Um, or didn't turn out to be as good as people thought he might have been. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I just didn't see it with Josh Jackson. Now, he's athletic. You know, he's long. He's athletic. He's got he's got game. Obviously, I think a team that takes him in the top three and thinks they're building a franchise around him. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. that, that's that. I, I, I've never seen it with him. I really like him on Phoenix because Phoenix is building around Devin Booker, mm-hmm. and then Josh Jackson can be a nice side piece for them, and he's. Like, I think he's like Andre Iguodala. He's just a glue guy who hmm. you can okay. ask him to do anything and he'll go out and do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I know the skills that he has. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just haven't seen yeah. it all year. I don't understand a lot of, I mean, the love that he gets. I mean, some people will say he's the best player in the draft. And I'm like, if you ask me right now, would I take Tatum? Would I take Tatum or Jackson? I would take Tatum. Now, I know Tatum has the upside to be a great defensive player, and Tatum's your prototypical ISO player, scorer, but to me, right now, if you watched all of their games this year, and I did, for the most part, I thought Tatum was a better player, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, wrong. I'm no expert, so <laughs> take that for what it's worth, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's touch on free agency real quick before I let you go. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about free agency. Who's going where? Do you honestly see a, a path for Chris Paul going to San Antonio? Or do you think that's just a bunch of rumors? Um, I honestly think that he's seriously going to consider it. Because hmm. uh, with Popovich there, and if they can get rid of Aldridge, that would be fantastic. But if they can't, I don't see Chris Paul going there. I think it kind of depends on Aldridge whether he gets moved or not. Hmm. Interesting, yeah, yeah. I think they have to get rid of Aldridge and Danny Green is what I heard that they're trying to do. Okay. Um, 
I saw Danny Green was possibly going to be gone, but I don't know if they had. I don't know if they'll get rid of him just because of how valuable he is to the team. But if Chris Paul's coming, clear the whole roster. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm. I. I know you might hate me for this too, but I'm. I've been bashing Chris Paul for the last couple years, uh, mainly because I think for a guy who gets all the attention and the love, he he doesn't get it. He doesn't get as much criticism as other guys in the league. I mean, this is a guy that, for all his greatness, for all the things that he's accomplished in the league, has never got to a conference final. That's my only issue with Chris Paul. Like, how come Chris Paul has escaped the criticism of other guys? You know, KD's gotten criticism. Russell Westbrook gets criticism. We all know LeBron lives in an era of criticism, so. Chris Paul, for a guy with all his accolades, is a guy that has never gotten to a conference final. And you can't say he hasn't had talent. He has had talent on that team. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I can see the Spurs definitely being in play. Although, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I think he likes L.A. I think he likes Stock Rivers. I think he – and they can offer him the most money. So, I think he will go back to the Clippers. I can see Bl- – I think we- he's – oh, go for it. No, go, no, go ahead. Um, I think Chris Paul is going to stay, but I, I think he's seriously going to give uh, San Antonio consideration. But I do think he'll end up in L.A. again because he can get more money from them. I was going to mention the other Clippers guy who's a free agent, Blake Griffin. Um, what do you see Blake Griffin's market being? I, I think Blake Griffin gets unfairly criticized a lot. Like I think like the problems on that team, it always gets blamed on, on, on Blake Griffin. And I, and I could easily say Chris Paul, who's the leader, the guy who gets paid the most money, the face of the franchise, he should, he should get the lion's share of the, of the blame there. But I, somehow it's Blake Griffin that always gets the blame. Amazing how that happens. But um, what do you see Blake Griffin? Because if there's one guy that I could see going is Blake Griffin. I definitely see Blake Griffin uh, probably leaving because I think he wants to go in a championship. I don't think L.A., the Clippers, can offer him a championship with their roster right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Miami is supposed to be a market for him. Uh, I think Indiana's maybe going to go after him. Boston's really? Indiana? Him. Yeah. Huh. Uh, even, even without Paul George, if they trade him? They trade Paul George, they they'll probably go harder after Blake Griffin because I mean Blake Griffin over Thaddeus Young. I mean that's kind of an yeah, yeah. I agree, but uh, I mean you would think they just blow it all up after after they trade Paul George. But wow, okay, I, I, I'm I'm seriously shocked because I I haven't heard any any rumors about Indiana. Maybe it was smoke. Maybe it was. Uh, maybe I probably should have taken it with a grain of salt, but that's what I've seen. No, no, yeah, cool. I mean I learned something new there. I, wow, okay, Indiana, huh? okay. I think Boston would be a good fit for him. Yeah. I definitely think Boston would be a good uh, fit for him. I think he would fit in well there because if they keep IT, here's the thing. So if they if they trade for Griffin or if they trade for George, trade for Butler, mm-hmm. they trade for anybody, they're keeping IT. And they traded the first picks, so now I think they're definitely going to keep IT. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I think he would definitely fit in well there because they need a four regardless. Anybody over Absolutely. Here Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think Blake Griffin is definitely an upgrade. So, yeah. Um, Carmelo, staying or going? Uh, he's staying. Cause really? I think it's going to be a big – I think it's, he's going to stick it to the man. I think he's going to stick it to Phil Jackson and just stay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think this is the offseason where he goes. I, I just uh, To me, I, I don't think you can go through another season of this melodrama. I, I think at this, you know, no pun intended. I don't think you can go through another season of this. I think, I think before, I think maybe after the free agency dust kind of settles, 
I think sometime maybe in August, I think the Knicks and Carmelo will sit down and say, hey, look, you know what? It's time to, it's time to move on. You know, you, I know you want to be here, whatever, I get it, but let's just, let's just work out a buyout and, you know, you tell us where you want to go and we'll, you know, we'll, you know, we'll work something out here. Because I, I, I honestly, like, how do you, I mean, if you listen to that press conference at the end of the, at the end of the season, where Phil Jackson basically told the entire NBA world that we don't want Carmelo on this team. Like, how do you yeah. bring that guy back? How? How do you bring him back into a training camp and tell your season to a, to a caravan and say, hey, guys, welcome to the 2017-2018 Knicks with Carmelo. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't see that. I, I really don't. Now, maybe it's wishful thinking, and I like Melo, but I, I don't know. I think, it's time, I think it's time for both parties to move on. But, but I can I'm see. I'm not a big Melo fan. Really? <laughs> Never really have been. I don't know why. Just maybe it's a gut feeling. But I mean, he was good when he was in Denver. But I think the isolation scoring is just—it's going—it's on its way out. Of he's 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 never adjusted his game. I think that's the problem with Melo. Yeah. He's never—he's oh—he's been the same player he was since 2004. He's never improved his game. He's never matured his game to the level that you would think great players should at this stage in their career. And I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with Carmelo. And I think the and that's what kind of worries me about Jason Tatum. I don't hmm. know why like I feel like he's he'll obviously he's young and he might right, have right. game, but if he just right. sticks to isolation. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I, I see a lot of similarities between Tatum and, and Melo. I don't think he has the refined offensive game that Melo did, especially coming out of college. But I think I, I do see a lot of similarities there. I, I, I like Melo, but I but I'm not one of those fans that that just blindly loves Melo and doesn't see his faults. Like I, I completely agree with you. He's got definite 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 issues. Uh, but I do think that he can help a team, especially in that role yeah. of a scorer. That, that, and, and you know the perfect fit for him, like. Like how Joe Johnson basically – what Joe Johnson did for Utah this year, I think Melo could definitely yeah. do that for a team. Just come in and just give get buckets. Like don't play defense. Don't do anything. Like don't do not do anything on the other side of the ball. Just when we need, when we need points, come in and get us points. And that's what – I think Melo can play that role to a T on, on, a, on a good team. I think Melo could actually finally, like how Joe Johnson went to Utah and he took over the game. Everyone was freaking out. I saw Joe and he finally got love instead of hate because that big contract. Right. I think Melo can do that too because he's getting hate. And then if he can go to a team, come off the bench, score, I think he'll get a lot of love. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, one last question before we go, man. Uh, what do you what do you think the NBA is going to do about this rest issue? There's a lot of rumors, a lot of talks about you know, what they possibly can do, would want to do. What do you think the NBA is going to do with this rest issue? Because I think it's a major issue. I mean, how do you sell your fans that, you know, go out there, buy an NBA ticket? These games are not cheap. You know, it, it's it's not ex- not super expensive, but, I mean, in certain areas and certain markets, to go to an NBA game, I mean, it's it's not cheap. And you never know who's playing. I mean, imagine going to the – imagine going to see – imagine where you live, going to go see the Cavaliers, and it's a night where LeBron just decides he doesn't want to play. Like, I think the NBA's got some serious issues, and how do they fix the whole rest issue? The way that they fix it is to shorten the season. Uh, hmm. You got to – I think you need to shorten the preseason to three games, let your young guys go out there, go have fun, but then start the NBA, maybe three to five games. Three might be kind of short, maybe five mm-hmm. games. Right. Um, so let them go out five games, do whatever they do, mm-hmm. and then you shorten the season to mm-hmm. 65 to 70 games. Mm-hmm. I think 70 is more realistic, but if you cut it to 70 games, 
that's 12 games out the window, and you can spread them out. That gets rid of the back-to-backs. That gets rid of all the triple back-to-backs or six games in seven days or something like that, something crazy. But I think that's how they would fix it. Cool. Now, let me play devil's advocate for a second, all right? Because there's some people that on the other end of things will say, well, for 60 years, the NBA has played, for the most part, 82 games. So if it's never an issue back then, why is it an issue now? When athletes are supposedly better athletes, better condition, better shape, why? There's people out there that say, well, you know, why should we shorten the regular season? Why why isn't it a player issue? And these guys just need to adapt and, and just accept that it's 82 games. is increasing and the mm-hmm. speed of the game is increasing the intensity is like people old, the older players will say oh it's it's not as tough as when we played but right. I actually can argue with that and say it's almost tougher because of how um, I don't know I just think that it's the league now is a lot more sophisticated and intense than it was when uh, like MJ played hmm okay interesting interesting okay I agree with you. I, I do. I would like to see the. I, I've said it for years. I think the NBA season is way too long. Eighty-two games is way, way, way too long for the NBA. I think. I think. I agree. I. I would even go extreme. I would say sixty-two. You can. You can settle everything that you need wow. to settle in the NBA in sixty-two games. I. I agree. I. I that's me. I'm. I'm. I'm more of a an extremist on that end. I know, but I. I to, at most sixty-six games. To me, I, I I just to me. I mean, do you do we really need eighty two games, almost five months of NBA <laughs> of NBA action to yeah. decide who the best teams are? I don't. I think it's you could decide ridiculous. that. I think you could decide that in sixty games or less. I, in my personal opinion, but what do I know? But hey, man, Noah, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope yes, to have sir. you back on the show. Before we let you go, uh, I want you to plug your social media, uh, plug fan sided. Let us know on any uh, work you got coming up, man. Let us know what's up. Definitely. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Noah Tor. That's N O A H T O R R. Kind of a weird last name, I know. <laughs> uh, fan sided. Uh, just kind of still chilling on their news desk, chilling at uh, Sir Charles in charge. You can check out my columns over there. Uh, post all my work on Twitter, and I'm actually gonna be coming up on a new website soon. You can follow okay. me there. See, see okay. what happens. Cool, man. Well, uh, when you get ready to launch that new website, man, uh, definitely come back on the show. We'll have you on, definitely, and uh, we'll talk some more stuff, man. For real. Definitely. Truly appreciate that, man. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Alrighty. TFP Nation, that was Noah Tour from Fanside. Follow him. Check him out. does good work over there at Fanside, all right? Shout out to my man Noah for joining us on the show, our second guest ever. Uh, so yeah, big things, big things. But uh, I'm gonna get ready to get up out of here, man. Let y'all enjoy y'all day. Uh, hope everybody enjoys the draft tonight. Should be an interesting night if you're an NBA fan. It's one of the big nights of the year. Uh, as always, man, thank you for listening, for subscribing to the show. If you if you like what you hear, if you like what you're listening, if you want to hear more interviews like this, we got more interviews lined up. Uh, follow us, man, on Facebook, The Technical Foul Podcast, on Twitter at DTF Podcast One. Uh, also, our YouTube page, The Technical Foul Podcast YouTube page. We're going to be loaning exclusive contents on there, like like interviews like this. So yeah, man, if you like what you're listening to, if you like what you're hearing. Definitely, definitely, definitely subscribe and follow us. Uh, We'll be back Sunday night 
with a brand new episode of the podcast where I'm sure we'll be reviewing happen tonight. Um, so yeah, it should be a good good night for NBA fans, man. There's a lot of crazy rumors, a lot of crazy trades. I hope, I'm hoping, I'm praying that Phil Jackson does not trade Porzingis, but we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, me, Luke, maybe Justin. And uh, we'll break it all down, man. Uh, As always, thank you for listening, for subscribing. We love y'all. TFP Nation, we out. Peace.